0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world. You're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan.
1: Good to have you on the show, Luca. How are you doing today?
0: Thank you for having me, Hadi. It's a great day. Nice to have you here, and um, I'm looking forward for the interview.
1: Let me start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Luca Michelli is the founder of Customerly, a platform that helps SaaS companies support, engage, and gather feedback from their customer within one app. Customerly is bootstrapped and has around 1,200 paying customers, and they've reached 200K in revenue this year. If you were to explain your business to a five-year-old, what is customerly and how is it different from other notable companies trying to do the same thing?
0: Thank you for the question. That's the challenging one. A five year old, I don't know if he knows anything about SaaS businesses, but basically we help companies to interact and communicate better with their customers, with the right message at the right time even when they are searching for help or when you want to somehow push them like a tutorial or a good guide or a strategy, you can do like also gathering feedback. So if you want to understand what they're thinking about your SaaS, you can gather feedback straight from the chat that they will get on your platform. So it's um, one tool where you can gather feedback actively or passively from your customers and uh, send them the right message at the right time.
1: Please walk me through your early thought process on how you identify that there is a pain point for this type of customer, which in your case is a SaaS. How did you know there's an opportunity, there's paying customers? Is there any framework or research tool you've utilized early on?
0: The tool we've been using were our actual experience. So we are three founders and two of us were founders of other SaaS businesses, B2B SaaS. So we've been experiencing those issues ourselves. We had two different SaaSes. And the thing is, we were having issues by communicating with our customers where they were, so on the platform. And also we've been finding challenges in interacting with them at the right time. So for example, if one person was using a certain part of the platform, we wanted to follow up with some messages via email or chat. So both of us were having the same issues. We were friends at the time, sharing every kind of strategy at the time. So we team up and uh, created what it is customly today. So we actually didn't do any research at the time. We were really young at the time, but we were running also successful SaaS, one of which I actually exited. So it has been acquired two years ago. So the market research was actually on ourselves and we didn't do any good research at the time. We just wanted to create something better for ourselves. And instead of building it for, our own SaaS internally, we decided to somehow create the software that can be used in any other SaaS.
1: And how did you decide that SaaS is the first line of let's say business that you want to tackle and not another type of customer base? And is your tool currently only for SaaS customers?
0: That's a good question. So basically when we launched the SaaS, we never properly focused on one specific industry. So we delivered the product to just five of our friends that were using SaaS. And thanks to the Power By Label, basically our audience grew a lot. We've been having so, so many different industries during the last seven years from e-commerce to SaaS, to local shops, restaurants, like you name it. I would say that's an issue some people will see that as an opportunity and it was somehow because we've been listening to different feedback and built like complete tool but someday we realized that we were serving at the best software as a services because we built it on our own needs so today we know that we are curating uh, content for SaaS. And also we are delivering the most of the value to SaaS. Still, we have e-commerces, we have national newspaper, we have so many different kinds of customers in customerly, You can use it, but the best fit is always SaaS.
1: That's great. Thank you for sharing this. So earlier on, you shared with us that you currently have around 28,000 signups out of which 1,200 customers are paying roughly is around 4%. And the show is about your first hundred paying customers. Walk us through the first and early acquisition strategy that you deployed to land the first hundred paying customers.
0: And that was a lot of time ago, seven years ago, mostly. So we started working on customerly, and then after six months, we released the beta to very few of our friends. And that was the actual first strategy. So by including those five SaaS in our beta list, we've been experiencing good amount of traffic coming from the powered by label of the live chat. So the very first customers came from that kind of strategy only. For a year or so, we never charged any of the new user and we never invested in any proper strategy. We wanted to check what was going on, if the system was good. With customers, we are covering so many different technologies and services that we wanted to be sure that was working on scale. So the very first hundred customers came from organic sources, word of mouth, the power by label, and some other optimization, but mostly organic traffic.
1: Explain to the listeners, what's the powered by label? Because a lot of customer, actually companies, they try this strategy. Very few are successful. So what did you actually do different by having that label probably on your chat? And how would you convert someone who sees the label into a paying customer?
0: Basically the live chat, has the powered by label on the bottom, um, was good for us in terms of bringing in traffic because when they contact the support of the companies that are using our live chat, they experience our service somehow. And if, you know, at the very beginning, as I told you, we were selecting very few people, very few companies to get into the beta. So we knew at the time that their customers were in our target as well. So that was the reason why it was successful at the time. And also, as I said, we weren't charging our customers in the very first year, everything was free. So it was a no brainer. Basically the power by Label was bringing into a page saying, install the live chat for free on your website. And that brought the very first users on the platform. That was the very first strategy. Yeah.
1: And from the free users, what sort of conversion strategies do you deploy to say, okay, now that you're using my tool for free, here's how you can make or use more of our features, but they are paid. What's that message or strategy that you've used successfully?
0: So at the very beginning, we didn't focus that much on the conversion rate from freemium premium to premium. Later on, we've been adopting some really cool strategies to convert people that were interested in specific features. So for example, one strategy that went really well was the behavioral funnels we were building. So if someone was trying to use a pro feature or a startup feature, we created these small workflows of two emails, one after another with three days in between suggesting how they can benefit from that feature. So the message was perfect because it was at the right time (laughs) with the right message. So the right time was when exactly they were trying to use the feature. And the right message was the suggestion article in order to get more from the tool itself. So that was working really good, really good. We created at least 12 of them. We've got a lot of features. So we created one single behavioral workflow for each small feature. So we were super laser targeting the messaging based on the feature.
1: One of your strategies that I've read about is the lifetime deal strategy. It's an interesting one, but it's, as they say, a sword with two edges. How did you mitigate that risk and where did you see There's a big uptake. And if you were to advise another entrepreneur using this strategy, what are the things they need to be aware of?
0: That's a good question. So at the time we were somehow intrigued by this strategy. So it was really interesting for us, like the thing of having like good cash to invest and uh, gathering a little bit of user base, it was cool. At the time we weren't ready to go for AppSumo because we were thinking, okay, AppSumo is gonna destroy us in terms of number of users they're gonna bring us. So we went for another community that we thought it was smaller than AppSumo, but somehow we created some hype in the market of the LTD because we were published on one community. And then it happened that we went for another one because the first was a scam. Meanwhile, the community of LTD were expecting us to launch this LTD. So when we launched, it was actually a boom. Like I remember at the time I was chatting with a friend that was launching on AppSumo and their sales were around 300. We were 2000 and we- What was the deal? Our deal. Yes. The deal was like using the pro version of customerly for 49? Yeah. 49 years. So that was the deal. And they had like the LTD community expect you to let them stack the coupons they buy. We didn't know about it. We didn't know like the way the community wanted to have this kind of offer. So we managed to give them a way to stack the coupons to give them more allowances within customers So they could send more emails with the marketing automation, for example. The only thing is the excitement of having so many people within the platform, it's so good. And there are good and bad because you have an audience that basically is used to pay once and never pay again. So out of those 2000 sales we did like, maybe one converted into a monthly recurring revenue. So if you're searching for way to do a monthly recurring revenue, that's not the strategy. You're focusing on the wrong type of strategy. At the time, it was really good because you know, we had so many new users and we were getting a lot of new feedback. This can be cool, but there is a downside. And the, the downside is, again, you're getting feedback from people that will never pay. And also they expect you to have everything in the platform. (laughs) So some of the feedbacks are really great. And we have some customers that came from the LTD, very, very cool. They've been using us since forever and they've been giving us a lot of good feedback. The thing is you need to build the right feedback and the right kind of user from the ones that are always asking, never properly giving any good feedback.
1: So if I were an entrepreneur who wants to deploy this strategy, where should I look for such communities and audience?
0: Mm, there are plenty of them. There is also a lot of scams out there. So right now I would rather go for Absumo because... I feel that they're definitely more structured than they on any other community that I saw in my experience. And the thing is, I saw how their marketing strategy, their marketing staff are doing like the next step for you. Not that we didn't have that kind of following at the time but it's completely different. And also before getting into the deal we had, we've been so close to got scammed from the very first person that reached out to us. So that is a possible issue and their community was really big. So be very careful and maybe interact with the founders that had that experience with that community leader before. That is my two cents. And also like AppSumo is asking quite a lot of percentage of the deal, but again, they're building all the marketing strategy, all the marketing content, their copy very good way. So I believe it's worth it to go for AppSumo. The community is huge. And also the service that they're doing, I believe is one of the best. My experience was uh, good with what we had in the past. They had so many issues that they were really young. Maybe they changed meanwhile, but they were really young. So we had a lot of problems to manage the coupons, the refunds and everything. So it was kind of a mess, but right now I believe it's better.
1: Thank you for the advice what skills have served you well as an entrepreneur hmm.
0: so being when i was um 22 i started my entrepreneurial career 21 and at 22 i didn't know i was an entrepreneur right because um all of the sudden i developed this app and it was really successful so i was a shy person programming behind the computer and all of the sudden i was in in front of the audiences with 800 people on the newspaper, not local, national newspaper. So to me, it was really difficult to properly interact with an audience. So I've been developing skills, soft skills and public speaking skills and skills to properly interact in the right way with other people. I've been doing a course in Rome where I was living at the time. It let me grow a lot. So I invested a lot in my personal growth and those leadership skills made me close the deal during my first exit, or I was using them during any kind of interview I was doing. So personal skills are like me. I was super shy at the time. You need to have those skills. You need to work on yourself to grow in that sense.
1: If you were to look at a past event that has influenced you to become a serial entrepreneur, what would that be?
0: Do you mean a serial, like I started different companies? Like-
1: yes, correct.
0: When I created QuizPatente, my first app that got me famous and got me acquired three years ago. I was focusing only on that and um, I was a good business to go for when I've been acquired, my decision with the money that I've got were like, okay, I need to invest this money. I need to invest in something that I know in something that I believe in. And of course I invested my money in custom and other startups that I'm proud of, that I see that they're working quite good. So to me, it's like, I enjoy joining projects that are satisfying my passions, if you know what I mean. Of course, customerly is my 100% of the time that I'm investing on, but I became a serious entrepreneur because I, I love to help others and the way technology can help others today make me very happy about what I'm doing on a daily basis.
1: One last question. What's next for customer
0: Becoming the number one live chat in the world. So we've been featured as one of the top noteworthy live chat in the world lately from Capterra. And we want to be one, like on the top performer uh, service provider. The mission behind this, is helping at least 1 billion people on this planet and the how we're gonna do it is to help our customers to help their customers there is a leverage we are using so every time someone is helping their customer through Customerly, for us is going forward towards that goal so the mission is uh, it's huge and the team is super happy and uh, is working like crazy good, crazy good. We've been doing amazing stuff, man, in the, last, in the last few years. We are a small team compared to our biggest cast competitors, but we are making a dent and our goal is to be the first one in the world.
1: Luca, thank you for being part of our show. We wish you the best of luck with your venture and your ambitious goals. How can people reach you?
0: Thank you, Ali, for having me. It was a pleasure to share my experience. And I started building in public on Twitter. So definitely follow me on Twitter with I, Luca Micheli. I'll be happy to connect with you and uh, to share anything I can help you with.
1: Thank you, Luca. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, you too. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more
1: viewers.